You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Kevin's going to miss your love, Goo. Well, yeah, but you know, like water through the toilet bowl, so goes the days of our lives. And that, people, is how we're going to start this week's episode of Geekiest Show Ever. And you may be wondering, where is that uh, the southern dulcetone voice, uh, voice of Kevin Older? Well, he's unfortunately under the weather. He's sick. Something has come up and bit him in the bug. Um, and I think I got my Google. Oh, shut up. My Google uh, thing started. I touched it and started playing. Uh, so well, stop car- touching it, Mike. Yeah, stop be- touching it. Yeah, be careful. That's how the love goo flows. Yes. So this week it's just um, uh, Melissa and Alyssa and I uh, uh, on here. So hopefully we'll do Kevin proud, and hopefully he'll feel better, and you know he'll be back with us next week, and uh, things will be back to normal or as normal as we can get. Uh, the relative you know, term. Yeah. Typical. Relative. Yeah. Let's not get too <laughs> carried away. Let's not set the bar too high here. But um, <laughs> get get well soon, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we're rooting for you. Yeah, shake shake that thing off and you know get back here. So, um, so yeah, I'll, let's see I'll, if we can put him into a coughing fit. Because uh, payback's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> a coughing fit. Snow sucks. Oh, that is set him off. Um, but speaking of which, uh, you know, just to make him feel better, and so he, you know, you know, doesn't feel like he's completely left out. We'll do what we always do, and we'll have our world famous weather report. Um, and I'll, I'll kick off with, because I think this is Kevin's kind of weather. I'm sure he will like this. So in South Dakota here, the temperature is currently 21 degrees. Um, and looking forward, uh, Monday, it may be up to 35 degrees. But then it looks like through most of the week, it'll be upper teens, low 20s. And then to make me happy, by next Friday, I see 45 degrees there. That would be so awesome. But uh, So there's a little Kevin weather in there and a little uh, my kind of weather that's getting closer to something that resembles spring. Um, uh, Alisa, uh, how is uh, your weather? Well, first, we're going to share Kevin's weather since he's not here to speak for himself. In his neck of the woods, it's glorious. It's going to reach 63 on Tuesday. <sighs> glorious weather, Kevin, glorious uh, but then it's going to drop down to about 36 on Thursday, and then it's going to head back up into the 50s. So Kevin has got great weather. Now, for me, it is 29 degrees right now, and we're going to hit 47 on Wednesday, drop down to 26 on Thursday, and then start heading back up into the 40s. So not too bad. Um, and, and Melissa, how is it down in the, the sunny part of the country down there? I totally suck. You don't <laughs> want to know. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, it's totally awesome here. Oh. <laughs> it's in the 70s. I mean, we went to a, a birthday party today and it was just glorious. It was just gorgeous. And I even said to Nate as we were pulling, we were backing out of the driveway. And I mean, it was just so, it was so nice. Like we opened up the, the doors and we had all the windows down. And, and I, I kind of giggled. I was like, <laughs> everybody out east is like bitching because it's 20 degrees and they're all, their nose hairs are freezing. And I'm like, we're headed to a birthday party and it's sunny and it's like 74. Um, so it's going to be again in the 70s. In fact, in fact, uh, all right, Kevin, brace yourself here. Okay. It, on Thursday and Friday, it's going to be 85 and 87. respectively. Oh, so, that's awesome. Melissa. Yeah. It, the closest it would get to being uh, somewhat palpable might be next Sunday and Monday where it will be 71. Melissa? That's awesome. Melissa, yes, Mike. you suck. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, I we know, say that with love. Oh, yes, right. yes, we do. That's um, the only way that I take. 
There you go. Um, and it's just, I know that spring is slowly coming here, and eventually it'll come back here, too. It's just that, you know, I'm getting a little antsy because February is one of these weird months for me because, um, you know, you're you're past the uh, the high that most people get, maybe not me, but most people get for Christmas and New Year's and that excitement. So it's starting to wane now. Spring's not quite here yet because that damn groundhog saw his freaking shadow. So we got six more weeks of stupid winter. Uh, so, you know, spring isn't quite here yet. And then, you know, you got Valentine's Day there. But if you were, you know, somebody like me that was just geeky and awkward in high school, Valentine's <laughs> Day wasn't that much fun outside the candy. Um, and then there's, you know, something else that falls in the uh, nearly in the middle of February, too, that some people get a little stressed out over. But um, what about St. Patty's Day? Do you celebrate St. Patty's Day? Well, that's March, though. Okay, we're not there yeah, yet, huh? Not there yet, no. And like I say, there's just, you know, uh, I'll just let people wonder what that certain thing is that's almost in the middle of February. But anyway. Um, is it your birthday? Who what? Is it your birthday? What's that? The thing that's in the middle. What's a birthday? Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's sort of the bright spot, but, you know, as you get older, you sometimes wonder, but, um, so there's that, but like I say, so February is just that kind of awkward month, and then it's short, too, uh, you know, it's just, it's the, uh, the Rodney Dangerfield of months, it's just, you know, it doesn't get any respect, um, so, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, we'll muddle through and spring will be here eventually, but, you know, in the meantime, we do have, you know, uh, things to talk about which will hopefully cheer me up and we're i was trying to come up with topics for today to talk about and i'm sitting there i'm i roll over in bed this morning going oh i still haven't thought of anything yet because i usually put it off to the last minute because why get too carried away here or you think about it during the week you're like oh i should totally put that on the spreadsheet and then by the time you get there like why did i come in here yeah oh yeah um <laughs> here after disease what am i here after um but uh, so I, you know, I'm trying to toss and turn, and then finally I thought of something because you know you look on TV and you see all these award shows on and everything. I thought, well, you know, maybe we ought to do an award show on our podcast. So I haven't really, I have the idea. I'm going to throw it out there for listeners to come up with some possible ideas. But I think we're going to call it the Geeky Outstanding Obvious Awards. Is that what we kind of came up with? Outstandingly sure. obvious. Outstandingly obvious. There we go. I kind of came up with something, and Melissa tweaked it a little bit. So, yeah, for those of you who are That's what I do. Yes. How <laughs> do you oh, do? Okay, you're the Kevin substitute. <laughs> I had to do that. Yes, uh, you're the, the Kevin uh, uh, alternate for uh, today. So you, I'm channeling Kevin, the yeah. Kevin whisperer. There you go. <laughs> and for those of you who aren't into acronyms, that's it would be the Goo Awards, just because we love our Goo here. Um, so I, I came up with this idea, and they're all... We're just sticking with it. <laughs> that's what you do with Goo. But I'm bump. bump. And so I just thought, you know... And I threw it out to these two pre-show, and they're going, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, we haven't really come up with any ideas yet. So, you know, I'm thinking maybe, you know, for the podcast, for maybe five um, categories. And we'll just have to kind of come up with, it, like, you know, maybe, um, you know, Geek of the Year or Geekiest Product or, um, you know, maybe somebody will come up with some more ideas. But, you know, then we'll have to come up with categories That'll be the first problem. And the second problem is going to be uh, how are we going to pick 
after you get the categories, how are we going to nominate uh, things for it, and then who's going to pick the winner? So we got a few things to iron out here, but I just thought we'd you know democratize this whole thing, throw it out there, and see what the listeners have, and maybe Kevin, um, maybe this will perk him up, and he'll give him something to think about while he's you know recuperating. Um, or hopefully he'll be better by the time the podcast is out, but it'll give him something to think about and get him fired up for. Uh, the the next show but uh i just thought i'd throw it out there and see what and the night of the awards the night of the awards melissa and i you know you you got you and i get to wear the evening gowns yeah kevin and mike and rent tuxedos i don't get to wear an evening gown you can wear if you'd like to there you go you wear the evening gown and i'll wear the tux just remember the art show for uh the art from a few shows ago where kevin was dressed as an angel (laughs) right this could come back to bite us but um Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you know, maybe we'll have a, a virtual red carpet. We have some things we can play around with. But like I say, that, uh, I kind of came up with that idea, and I thought, well, hey, th- this, this could be fun because, we have, you know, we're here to celebrate geekiness of all sorts and flavors and everything. I thought, why not, you know, uh, hand out an award? Now we just got to figure out uh, what our virtual What are the categories? Are. Yeah, the categories, yeah. But, you know, because you have the Oscar, you have the uh, – uh, the Tony Awards, you know, what are we going to call our uh, our GUI award? Uh, uh, the GUI. The GUI? Oh, yeah, the uh, GUI. Uh-huh. Okay. See? Well, now, there you go. And now we just... So it's the GUI Awards, but one of the awards could be the GUI. The GUI. GUI. Get there it? There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought G, uh, graphic user interface. Yeah, that had thought had occurred to me, too. Um what uh, what's your favorite uh, what's your favorite gooey? There we go. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't the, even go there. Don't the, even. the gif versus the gif. <laughs> oh lord. Um so yeah, or maybe uh, you know, geeky news item of the year or something, you know, maybe robots, maybe Yeah, like what got cars. the most attention, like what yeah. you know what what trolled oh the troll. We could have we could have a troll. A troll award for like what, you know, what news item trolled the news the most, you know, whether it was the you know some kind of gate or the the gate ord you know like antenna gate and battery gate and bend gate and all that kind of stuff. I'm just waiting for when they have you know something called gate gate. Um, you know uh, <laughs> you know me me being a farmer we bought plenty of cattle gates so maybe we'll find out that there was sub substandard cattle gates being sold and you know this gateway the, gate. <laughs> yeah, this would be gate gate or cattle gate gate or something like that. So. Um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, so I hope the listeners out there will, you know, give us some ideas. We'll try to come up with some things. We'll get it all ironed out. But I just, it, it seemed like the right thing to do, especially, you know, this is wintertime. We're in the house. We're just trying to stay warm, or most of us are. Kevin's out there in his glory celebrating the cold. But the rest of us are in here, and we just need something to occupy ourselves. So I thought, why not just, you know, have the, have the gooey awards? And the award for the most blankety-blank goes to, envelope please, yeah. I, okay. I think we just found our nominee this. for reading the awards. So uh, <laughs> cool. You, you got the voice. Um, All right, I can have fun with that. There we go. Um, so um, we've got that. Now we'll move on to this other one. Now, uh, yeah, she's getting a uh, drink of water here to get ready. I think she's getting amped up because it's been a wind while. Wind her up. Wind her up. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a you know, uh, good rant on the show, and, and you know. Elisa uh, said that she's, yeah, she's, yeah, she's, she's cracking her knuckles. She's doing stretches. <laughs> she's she's limbering here up comes. here. So she's uh, so uh, okay, Alyssa. AT and T screw up. What's this about? Okay. Okay. So there's a little bit of a backstory. Last year, we added a 
another line to our account. And when we did that, we were able to do a buy one, get one free phone. Now, I don't know if Verizon does this. You know, I know Verizon has these different plans, but I don't know if they um, if they account for them the same way AT&T does. So what they do is for the free phone, they charge you the full price. Say it's $20 a month. They charge you $20 a month for the first three months. And that's just to make sure that you're not going to return it. Then in the fourth month, they return the $20 you paid for the first three months. And then they return it. They bill you the 20. They subtract the 20. I said, okay. So I said, okay, that's fine. So basically in the fourth month, I would get an $80 credit. And then a $20 credit every subsequent month until the phone is paid. I said, okay, that's fine. I, I understand that. However, what they do is rather than giving you the credit when they generate the bill, they charge the $20 and it takes days for the $20 to come off as a credit. And every month I have to call them and say, where's my $20? Because I'm not paying this bill until you give me the credit. Good for you. And I, and, and they're like, yeah, well, it takes a few days, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I hate that. So this past, so, all right, so now we fast forward to this past October. I had no intention of buying an iPhone 7, but then both Verizon and AT&T had a deal where if you turned in your iPhone 6, they would give you an iPhone 7 for free. So I thought, well, what the heck? My phone would be two years old in October. I had two more payments on it. Why not? I wanted the 128 gig phone, so I paid the extra $100 mm-hmm. to get it. So in October, I hand them my phone. They give me the phone, the new iPhone 7. It came out. They won't let you pay the $100 because they want to keep you for two years. So it comes out to like $4.16 a month over 24 months. So what they would do is bill me thirty one twenty five. Subtract, I think it's twenty seven oh eight, and then I owe four dollars and sixteen cents. I'm like, okay, that's that's fine, whatever. So, this past bill that I got in January was month four, so I should have seen a credit for October, November, December, the refund back that I had already paid, and then start charging me appropriately for January. So I have the same process. I get the bill. I look. I don't have any credit. I wait a couple of days. They finally credit me for the free phone, but they didn't credit me for my phone. Okay, great, great. Now, this is on a Friday. This was two weeks ago. The next day, we were going out of town. So I called them and I said, where's the credit for my phone? And I explained the whole thing over again because every time I have to re-explain everything. Mm-hmm. because so many times they've said, we've given you the credit. I'm like, no, that was for last month. No, it's for this month. They said, no, it's not. If you add up the bill, all the lines, you'll see that it adds up to what you say I owe. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. That's if you haven't gotten disconnected and sent to a new person. Oh. <laughs> well, what ended up happening is they put me on hold, blah, 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 blah. They're researching. Oh, we're researching. We're researching. They come back to me and they say, you're not getting a credit for your phone because you didn't turn in your phone. I oh. said, yes, I did. And they oh. said, we have no record of oh, you no. turning in your phone. Well, let me tell you, the shit hit the fan at that point. Yeah. I went nuts. Well, I said, what do you mean you don't have my phone? I handed it. I said, I told the person when I ordered the phone, 
I would pick it up the day after I came home from vacation. The next day, I made my backup. I wiped it out to factory settings. I went to the AT&T store, ran into a friend who was getting a phone. It was middle of the day. I had a bad cold. And I handed him the phone. He hands me my new phone. I said, I'll do it when I get home. I don't want to reset it here. I'll do it at home. And uh, we only opened it to make sure everything was fine. And I said, what are you going to do about to find it? Oh, no, you have to do something about it. Like, why do I have to do anything about it? I'm not the one who lost it. Oh. I was furious. This and is they like, didn't give you know. any kind of like receipt or anything that acknowledged for spite, the turn of the phone. The only, respe- the only receipt I could not find. Of course, yeah. I found I found it for like my 3GS. I f- I mean, I tore. So you've been through this apart. process before, so you know that the protocol is that they give you something that acknowledges yeah. receipt. Yep. Yep. Huh. So. So they said, well, call the store and see if they have anything there. See if they have a video of you handing the phone over. Yeah, or the so, person you spoke to, the person you dealt with. Right. Well, I call and I spoke to a really nice guy and I said, I have the card of the person I ordered the phone from, but he is not the person that I picked up the phone from and I don't remember his name. I said, all I remember is that he was young with brown hair and tall. But I don't remember his name. They go, oh, okay, I think we know who that is. I said, okay. But he's not working right now. I said, okay. So I explained the whole thing. He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So he says, um, we'll, we have a company that we send these phones to. And as long, he goes, I've got your number, your serial number here. As long as they can find it, we're good. I said, well, they also said you can look at the video and if you actually see me handing the phone over, that's proof enough. And you would just have to put in the computer, yes, we saw her hand over the phone. And then we was talking for a while. He goes, I remember you. You were talking about you write for a, you write for a website. I said, <laughs> yes, that's what I, he goes. I, I said, yes, I was talking to the man that I was purchasing the phone from. And he goes, I remember you. He goes, yeah, he wasn't the one who helped me, but he was working, you know, he was there. He overheard the conversation. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, I remember that you were here. But he goes, but I wasn't here when you turned in the phone. I said, okay. So I said, I'm going out of town. You know, let me know. So he he calls me back later on in the evening and he says, we have no record of you turning in this phone. Mm. I was like, how can you not have a record? Yeah, that's messed up. That means like, uh, that like sparks ideas of like inside pocket job. And uh, so he says, my manager is my manager already issued you the credit because I wanted to pay the bill before I left. Mm -hmm. He goes, my manager already issued you the credit for the three months and for this month. But we have to wait until, you know, we find something before we can do anything in the future. So I said, all right, you know, give me a call. He called my house number. I said, just call my cell number. I'm going to be out of town. So he calls me, I'd gone away Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I came home Tuesday, I was back out on Wednesday, back down to Florida. Wednesday, he calls and he goes, we still haven't found your phone. We're still looking. I just want to let you know we haven't forgotten. We're still, we're still researching it. Okay. Calls me back about two hours later. We found your phone. (laughs) Eureka. Yeah. They found it. They found it at the place that they have to turn it into like some third party. And they were able to track it because you gave them the serial number. They had some record. They of the had, serial yeah, number. they had the serial number, so they were able to find mm-hmm. it. I'm just. Do like, you did you have the serial number though, like to confirm? I yeah, I found it on the um, 
in the on backup the website, on the att website mm. i have this the serial number for the old phone for the yeah for the six that i turned in so he's yeah. like okay everything is good you should be getting your credits from now on blah 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 he said someone will call you on february 1st just to confirm everything well again i'm still waiting for that phone call oh jeez. yeah yeah what a mess now let me ask you was this a was this a kiosk at the mall? Was this no, a, a this was store in the mall? Store. This was a freestanding AT and T brick yes. and mortar. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've ever had some sketchy customer service, and I've been with AT and T for you know over a decade, probably like fifteen years. And uh, the only time I've ever had any kind of sketchy service was when I when I broke down and used one of the mall stores because I normally just go to the the standing, the freestanding store, the brick and mortar, mm. and usually don't have a problem with them. No, this but. is the first time hmm. that's ever happened. Like, hmm. And you've always had good customer service with them otherwise, well, then, right? Aside from this whole racket of... The, the customer service online, when you call them, mm-hmm. the people I speak with are nice, but I'm sorry if you're an AT&T employee, a lot of them are just so stupid. <laughs> I mean, or, or it's or it's that they're nice but the the system is so it's just so convoluted and it makes them jump through all these different hoops and it's like wow they really have to work hard at something that shouldn't be this difficult to well, make it like happen the lat one of the people i spoke with on the online uh i said can you let the powers that be know that their your website is terrible oh but they listen I said, okay, powers that be, your website stinks. I mean, AT&T <laughs> website stinks. Right. It's difficult yeah, to navigate. It is difficult to navigate because I deal with it all the time, helping my seniors and trying to set things up. And, oh, my God, yeah. Well, And, this you know, and, I, and the, the app wasn't much better, but it has gotten better. Right. As far as the call support goes, uh, my daughter has worked for uh, a telephone support for a credit card company, and her boyfriend has worked for um, – uh, doing call support for a game box manufacturer and a TV manufacturer. And they, you know, would tell stories about the restrictions placed on them. And uh, basically her boyfriend was kind of let go from the last, uh, the his last call support job, basically because he was helping the customers too much. Uh, mm-hmm. was cutting down on his efficiency. So I think most, and you do get some people who are just reading off a script uh, and really don't know what they're doing. But I would say that there there are people there who do try to help the customers, but I think they are being hamstrung by um, the company, by you know efficiency, by we must you know uh, get your number. You have to do a certain number of calls. Uh, you know you're costing mm-hmm. the company too much money. So I I think they have restrictions placed upon them. So I think there may be you know just to justify or defend them a little bit i think there are good people who try um and they may be few and far between i'm not really sure but you know they they say they have to deal with the reality of corporate uh, uh the corporation that they work for yeah and it sounds like elisa's really like embroiled in this just nasty fuzzy math kind of scheme you know it sounds like i mean that's just messed up if they're gonna charge you and then credit you and then charge you again and then credit you. It just well, seems that's like what AT&T does. Yeah, they're, they hold on to that money and they're probably making money off of that. Because you know? I say to them, I mean, I understand the three months because that's just in case I return the phone. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I get that. As long as you give it back to me at the end of three months, I'm fine. It's not a problem to me. It's the, it's the fact that if you 
have a credit coming. If you know, so if you're going to charge me twenty dollars and then you're going to give me a credit of twenty dollars, why isn't the credit just spit out immediately? Why does it have to be processed five days later? And every month I tell them I will not pay the bill. It's for anything. If they mm-hmm. overcharge me for something, I tell them I will not pay the bill mm-hmm. until this credit goes through. And they don't and I, like uh, turn your service off or tell you they're going to no. turn the service off if oh, you don't pay that, it. Oh, and I and they never have because the, oh they do it right away. And as okay. soon as they do, I pay the bill. Mm-hmm. But I tell them if you, I'm not going to pay the bill and then have you say, "Well, we'll see what we can do." No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Like I'm <laughs> I'm always the person like when there's an activation fee. I oh, got to yeah. the point. I got to the point where I'd call them and I used to say to them, "Could you please give me a credit for that?" I got to the point where I just said, "There's a problem with my bill. You charge me an activation fee. Remove it." <laughs> oh. Not even just not even. Please just remove it. And they say, oh, okay. And then I'd say, thank you very much. As soon as I see it's gone, I will pay the bill. Huh. Interesting. And and sometimes I think, you know, accounting, um, sometimes it's like a Gordian knot of confusion that, you know, they have to, I know things have to balance, you you know, everything's got to work out. But, you know, sometimes I think when they're just transferring money around, there's probably and then there's fees and taxes fees, yes. and discounts and it just makes everything so right. difficult. I get yes. I get so nervous that I I mean you guys have seen my visual mind maps. When I think something through, I have to see it. You can't just tell me and expect me to just add it all up in my head and say, "Yeah, that sounds good. I'll go with that." No, I need like a spreadsheet and I need to compare. And I need to <laughs> compare and contrast and see if this is mm-hmm. really because I don't want to mm-hmm. get suckered. And, you know, my next question then is, so are you on a subsidized plan then? It no, sounds, we're on so the... On Next? Yeah, we're on the mobile share. On mobile but, share. Yeah. So that, but when you, when you, because I turned in the phone and added, I wanted a, a more expensive phone, I had paid the $100, mm-hmm. they don't want me to just turn around and leave. Yeah, that because, just made it really messy. I mean, I understand why you wanted to do it, but it really seemed like it messed things up. Whereas, like, we just because we're on, we have AT and T as well, and we're on the similar thing. We share um, we share a family plan with rollover between mm-hmm. myself, my dad, and my and my husband. And then we and then it gets confusing because then like my husband's considered because he's a teacher, government employee, so he gets a discount there. And then there's what else is there? So we had that same deal that sort of kind of messed things up a little bit. Where we a while ago. We had gotten the free 99 cent phone and I forget how we finagled it, but it didn't like end up charging us anything extra. And that's what we've done every, every year since then is we've just passed the phone down. So I get the new phone and I give my current phone to my husband and then my husband gives his phone to our son, which then we deactivate the SIM in it and he just uses it as an iPod. But that's going to change when he's old enough to have a phone, then we'll be activating the SIM. And then, you know, we added my dad to the line. And I think it's because, I think it stays straight only because we're we're doing what's so-called bring your own. Because mm-hmm. even though, like, they're, we're out of contract, so we're not on a contract anymore. We're just on the next plan. And all, all I'm doing then is I'm paying an extra 20-some dollars a month or whatever to pay for the phone. So I'm I'm getting a little nervous because I'm wondering what's going to happen. When when I reach the point where the two years is up, even though it's not the two-year plan, this is the two-year self-imposed plan. Mm-hmm. When that two years is up, because I typically, 
I just, when I find something that works, I just stick with it. I like the S cycle. I just stick to the S cycle. So mm-hmm. when the next phone comes out, whether or not they call it an S or whatnot, I've skipped the iPhone 7. So whatever the next thing is, that's what I'll get. And then I'll hand this success down to my husband and then so on and so forth. But this will be the first time that I will be not turning in the phone. I mean, I mean, I, we never do. This will be the first time I'm in a contract type of deal where I'm supposed to turn in the phone at the end of the agreement. But what I think I'm going to end up doing is just pay it off. Like there'll probably be a little bit left and I'll probably just basically like buy it outright, I guess. And then that way I won't owe anything. So I won't have to turn in a phone because it'll be mine that I yeah, paid I, for. I think I think the way that works is if a phone comes out, like say a phone came out in March. Mm-hmm. you could turn your phone in and get credit toward the new phone. Right. If I wanted to do that. If if, if you right. wanted to. Or yeah. you could do what you just said, pay it off. It's yours to do with what you want. Keep it for three years, whatever you're going to mm-hmm. do. Or you can give that phone to one of your kids or your husband and outright purchase a new phone. Right. And that's what I've been thinking about doing. It doesn't seem to make a difference. Like if you added up all of the payments versus just purchasing the phone, purchasing the phone outright, it's not like you're saving any money. So, you know, coughing up $800 right off the bat can be a little difficult if if we haven't saved for it or if, you know, other medical bills have come in and that sort of thing. Um, And so I've just gone with the payment plan because it just makes it it spreads it out, just makes it a little bit easier to digest. But like, for example, my dad went from (laughs) of all things, he went from a teeny tiny little 4S, an eight gigabyte 4S to the 64 gigabyte seven plus. So he did a major upgrade. And when we talked about it, I said to him, I said, you know, I mean, part of me was a little selfish because I thought it would make our bill really kind of messy if he did the payment plan. And I knew that he could afford it because he's been he's been waiting for so long to do, you know, he's been just on the fence about it. And he finally decided to pull the trigger. And I said, Dad, I said, why don't you just make it easy and just buy it outright? Just, you know, don't do a payment plan or anything because he's on our plan and it's on our bill. And he just gives us like a monthly, he just gives us what he can afford towards it. I'd rather he do that than, God forbid, you know, I mean, it's not like my dad's old, old or anything. But I mean, he is my dad and I do sort of like take care of him when it comes to technology and phones and things like that. And so if I'd rather him not suffer through trying to get like a cricket or a jitterbug or like, you know, one of these like simple phones or, or something that I don't know anything about the interface or these pay as you go plans. And like, you know, they say, I know like I can't contact him or I can't text him because, oh, I didn't pay the bill or so. I was like, dad, just stay on our plan. If you miss a month or you forget or, you know, for whatever reason you can't pay it, I'd rather just take care of it and have him just be on the plan than have to deal with all that extra stuff. But, you know, just to make it easier. So it did. I mean, he just bought the phone outright. Because I said to him, I said, Dad, this isn't a phone. This is a this is a camera that happens to make phone calls. I said, this is a pocket computer. This is your computer. Because he doesn't have a laptop anymore. And he busted his iPad. And, you know, this is it. This is his computer. And he was like sworn to get a he wanted to get rid of it. But then, you know, I had gotten him into doing online banking and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, daddy, you kind of need to have this. I mean, this is really kind of a necessity because this is your computer. This is your main computer. So, right. so yeah, I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying. It's really frustrating when they really make that bill just so hard to decipher. And in your case, it's not even hard to decipher. It's hard to like get them to just stick to what they said they were going to do for you. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not that yeah. bad to decipher because there's six lines. And so under every person's name, it'll uh-huh. say, uh, you know, if, if, if they're paying for a phone, it'll have the price of the phone, how many installments are left, what the taxes are, how much, you know, the data is free, you know, all that stuff. So I can say, okay, this person theoretically is paying $40. This person's paying $75, mm-hmm. whatever. Bottom line being this amount of money. And I go, mm, nope. Because I take out my calculator and I add everything up again and go, nope, you didn't take the $20 off for the free phone and you didn't take the money off for my phone. I really owe this much money. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I'm glad when that you I, do that. When we got to hold them I, accountable. Couple year, when did I change over? I think it was two years ago when the six came out. Um, I had gone to the large AT&T. This, the one that I went to that lives by me is a small AT&T. I went to like the huge corporate AT&T store a few mm-hmm. miles away. And I had this piece of paper. Not a spreadsheet, just a piece of paper. And I said, okay, I want to make sure that my numbers are correct before oh, yeah. I switch like over to this next. And I wrote down, like, there was only five of us at the time on our plan. I wrote down each of our <laughs> names, and I wrote down, we're paying this much for the phone, this much for data. Because at that time, it was, like, I was I had, like, a 200-megabyte plan. One of my yeah. kids had a one-gigabyte one plan. And so if one was paying $15, one was paying $30 and blah, blah, blah. So I'm I'm adding it all up. And I said, everything I'm going to give you is minus tax. I said, this is just the bottom line. And I put it all down. And then I said, and if we switch to this, it's going to cost us this much money. I said, don't put into account taxes or the price of a phone, just the data and and the minutes itself. And the guy looked at me and he goes, oh, my God. You're the first person who has ever walked in and truly understood how this plan works. I said, are my numbers right? He goes, he goes, yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh-huh. okay, then let's do it. Yep. Let's, I, let's I, I like to go in prepared. I'm like you. I like to go in prepared. And, you yep. know, if anything, if nothing at all, it sends a message like, do not mess with me. Do not try to oversell something on me. I am not here to play your game. Like, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I want. And that's that's what it's really about. It's about knowing what you want, going in there and knowing what you want, whether or not you're trying, you're still on the fence between option A and option B, that's still knowing what you want between, you know, making choices. And yeah, I I like to go in armed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do your research. And if you're wrong, that's your opportunity to say, okay, where did I go wrong? What number is wrong? What did I misinterpret? Because there's been plenty of times I've misinterpreted. Explain it to me. What did I do wrong? Right. And then take notes and then leave the store go home, think about it, and then go back when you're ready. Yeah, and listening yeah. to you two, it's, uh, you know, I'm looking at, and I've mentioned it on here before, I have a plan through Straight Talk. We have to buy our phone, so you know, we have to you do that up front. But, you know, it's $45 a month, and we don't have, you know, any of this hassle that you guys go through. But it's just my wife and me. You guys have, like I say, you pool your, your uh, data and everything else. And so for you guys, that works out. Like I say, for us... Um, we get five gigs of data a month. You know, we don't have to. It's billed to my credit uh, credit card, so um, you know it's simple. And you know, for us, it works. Now, like I say, for people who have a more mobile lifestyle than we do, you know. Well, See, I always I wanted to ask him on my taxes, and I just do auto pay. So you yeah. know, then I go through and line item that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, Mike, what I've always wanted to ask you: What's the difference between doing what Alyssa and I do with the actual AT and T plan versus just doing a straight talk, paying $40 a month, $50 a month, whatever. I, I, without, you know, like you say, you get, oh, here's the plan. So it's $45 a month, unlimited text, unlimited uh, talk. Uh, and basically. But what's your data? 
five, What's your data capped at? Five gigs of data. Which for and it me, doesn't roll over. It's just five gigs. You five use gigs it or period. use it. Yep. Lose it or use for it. For each of you? For yes. Like you have your plan and your wife has yep. her plan. Yep. Okay. So you're paying $90 a month for the yep. two of you. Yep. For the two of okay. us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and like I say, it's straightforward. Um, you know, I wish there was a way we could pool because, um, well, since I got the new phone, there's probably new phone syndrome where, oh, let's try this, this, and this. And then I also got the video doorbells at home, so the rings, I would bring up the video. So I, there was a few times I got close to reaching the 5 gigs, and then they just slow you down. But for the most part, 5 gigs does me well. But there's times I wished, you know, uh, we could pool our data because my wife uses, you know, maybe a gig a month. So it would be nice if there was some way we could pool it. I might do more um, if I knew I had more to uh, do to use, but outside of that, uh, that's the only thing I wish was different about our plan. Otherwise, um, like I say, it's pretty much straightforward. You don't have, uh, you know, and like I say, the downside is you have to buy your phone. Um, and when we got it the first time, we uh, got it through Walmart, straight talk at Walmart, and mm-hmm. they would allow you to finance at zero uh, interest on the credit card. The only problem I had with that is. Straight Talk only has 16 gig phones. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and when I got my new phone, I decided to go with Android because I didn't want to pay. I wanted to get something without paying so much. So I, because I wanted a bigger screen and more, um, Storage. Yeah, more bang for your buck. You yeah, wanted more, more value. Yeah, so mm-hmm. you know, I went with Android this time. You know, and if I get some money saved up, I could very likely go back to iOS. I have nothing against it, but I just wanted because uh, my my phone is you know my, like my lifeline at school. I use it to communicate with the uh, the office if there's something going on to get emails to keep track of tasks. Plus, it's my sanity device. It's got my music, my podcast, my audiobooks on. So you know, I'm using the crap out of it. So I want something with storage and you know, and I didn't want to pay you know what eight nine hundred dollars to get you know that kind of storage from an, an apple device so i went with this but you know the thing is you just get an unlocked phone you pop the sim in it and you're good to go uh i still got my old iphone around here i keep it because you know for and i should charge it up and use it because we do talk about ios on the show once in a while and i want to stay familiar with ios so i do keep it around for that but um like i say um and just for the two oh, of sounds us, like you know what you want. Yeah, and like I say, for the two of us, it's simple. Um, you know, you don't have the headaches of arguing with customer service. So now, when we first got Straight Talk, that was before you know smartphones. We just had a regular phone. That was kind of a royal pain, but they've automated things a lot more because we'd always used to have to call in and they'd have to read you this long string of numbers to activate your phone or to do a software mm. update. But you know, like I say, that was the old flip phones. Now with these, uh, even the um, because I had to get a new uh, SIM card because uh, the five iPhone five that we had didn't have that, so we had to buy a SIM card from Straight Talk, which was a buck. Mm-hmm. They mailed it to me, and then I went online and ported my number from the old iPhone because it's all through Straight Talk from the iPhone over to the Android phone, and it took mm, twenty minutes, maybe an hour. I don't remember exactly to switch it from the old phone to the new phone. And like I said, yeah, they have to activate the service and populate their servers and everything. Sure, yeah. So, you know, it, you didn't have to deal with any humans, which sometimes is a plus. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I could do that through AT&T because I actually yeah. have done that with several of my clients mm-hmm. now that have gotten new phones, including my dad and my sister-in-law sure. and, like, family members. And I've activated them through the website. And right. there's mm-hmm. only been a few times where I've actually had to call a human. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, they've been super nice about it. So, luck, so I've been luckily, lucky with that. And I'm not saying, you know, my plan is better, but I, like I say, for us it works. And for people who don't, you know, if it's just one or two people, you're not dealing with a family. You know, yeah, I think it gets complicated when yeah. you add more people mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. But can you ever use that phone if you decide you want to go back to AT&T and have a plan like we have? Can you use that phone or is that strictly a straight talk kind of a phone? No, it's a, it's an unlocked. It's I bought, unlocked. It's so. unlocked. Yeah. I bought okay. it through yeah, Amazon. So yeah, just okay. whatever SIM. And basically, uh, straight talk uses the Verizon networks uh yeah that's what i thought is it a so straight talk uses verizon what's the one that uses at&t because then then we're talking like cdma versus what's the other one so because i always thought that at least i thought with at&t if you wanted a straight talk kind of a phone you had to buy a special phone it, yeah, it could still I, be an. Yeah, it could still be an, You know, it still could be mm-hmm. an iPhone. Right. But it wasn't the kind of iPhone that I could say six months later, I don't want it as straight talk. I want to be on a plan. Right. Exactly. That, like I can't. We're on AT and T. We mm-hmm. can't just take our AT and T phones and switch to Verizon. We can't do that because right. of CDM, CDMA. Right. But I'm thinking with straight talk. I was under. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but right. I. Could have sworn if I walked into AT&T and I said, I want to take this phone that I have in my hand right now, quit my current plan, but move it to straight talk, they would say, no, the phone isn't right. It would mm-hmm. depend upon the phone. I think, like I say, if it was like mine, unlocked, all they'd have to do is pop one of their uh, their SIMs in, I believe. Um, I believe. And I'm starting to question myself, but... Uh, if yeah, I'm, I'm looking up straight talk. I know what you mean. Yeah, and but I think if it's one like the older, like my my iPhone here, because uh, that we got through straight talk, and it's got because they had two types of iPhones. There was the CDMA, and then there was the uh, oh, GSM. 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 Yeah. So I think ours we could put it on Verizon, but we couldn't put it on AT and T. Right. Right. Because it's hard coded. But Sprint and Verizon use the same thing, right? So you could go to you could go from Verizon to Sprint or from Sprint to Verizon, but not from Sprint or Verizon to iPhone or uh, AT and T or the right. other direction. And and I'm thinking here that un... now I'm starting. Like I said, I'm questioning myself. Um... I'm on the the Straight Talk website right now, and I only see. The iPhone 5S, as listed, I mean, I'm going to click right. on don't see your phone, but right. those are the only ones I well, see listed next to the Galaxies. No, it's unlocked, but I don't know. But it's, like I say, now I'm starting to question myself. Um, GSM, so straight talk, you have to say, if, if, you, if you don't see your iPhone there, I have an unlocked GSM device, so it, it maybe needs to be GSM. Yeah, I think it, yeah, maybe it could be unlocked, but it, yeah, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's universal. Let's put it that way. So I guess con- congratulations, you can bring your device. All you need is an AT and T or T Mobile compatible SIM card from from Straight Talk. Okay, and like I say, I'm I've, um, I don't know if I can look up my phone while we're doing this. I was going to try and see. Order way too much shit through Amazon. I got to scroll back here. But I was going to see if it said that if it was. Uh, hmm. If it was uh, GSM or, um, yeah, I'd be curious if you're if you can tell. How would you be able to tell? Well, I was going to look at the yeah, specs this... here and see. 
so Moto G4, I uh, wonder if it's say under specs. Uh, they got all this stuff. These phones are expensive. On straight? The straight talk phones? Yeah, I'm yeah. looking at those too. And it, it's got, um, like you said, Melissa, iPhone 5S 16 gig reconditioned, $130. Mm. Mm. Well, okay. Wow. So I'm looking at the page for the Moto G that I bought. And it says it's compa- fully compatible with AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, and Verizon. Mm. So it must be a unit, or is it on the SIM? Is it the SIM that makes a difference? It, the SIMs are all universal, and you put it in a GSM, G, uh, GSM SIM or a um, the other one, CDMI SIM. Maybe that's CDMI. Where, yeah. yeah this article is two years old that I'm looking at, so what's the difference? But it basically says that right. Verizon and Sprint use CDMA, which were while AT&T and T-Mobile used GSM. Um, but like I said, looking at the uh, the uh, page here on Amazon for my phone, and it says it's, it's fully compatible because AT&T, let's see, Verizon, you said Verizon and Sprint uh, use the uh, GSM. They're CDMA. CDMA. They're the other way around. They're, they're CDMA, and AT&T and T-Mobile use GSM. Okay, and it says it's compatible with all of them. So I think it depends upon your your phone. Now, like the older phones, like say I couldn't take my my old iPhone and put it on uh, AT&T because it's hard-coded. But I think once mm-hmm. they started putting the removable SIMs in and you get an unlocked phone, um, that's that's the key. Always look for an unlocked phone if you think you're going to be jumping around. But uh, see, and every iPhone I've ever had since the 3GS has always had a removable SIM. But well, I wonder if it was a universal SIM though. Right, it could have just been the SIM that was in there because I remember they right. changed the sizes and then they had people who were clipping them and right, yeah. And I think this would be you know for somebody that's more knowledgeable. I, I'm wondering if they settled on a standard for the SIM and then your your, whichever kind of phone you have resides on the SIM, so that it becomes irrelevant then. Um, and I remember at the time I decided to stick with, because we had been, I, first I was with AT&T, then when I got married and moved out here, we switched to Sprint, because that's what my husband had. And then when it came time to get an iPhone, we decided to go back to AT&T for the sole purpose of the fact that, because I was going to be using this for work and I was going to be out in the field, I had the need, and I still do, to be able to talk on the phone and be able to pull up a web browser at the same time. And at the time, and I think that that may have been changed now. It used to be an exclusive, because remember, AT&T was exclusively contracted with iPhone and not Verizon and the right. other ones. So you only had the choice of AT&T. But then for the longest time, once uh, once Sprint and Verizon hopped on board, then I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll go back to Sprint. But I couldn't only because, well, you know, we were already locked into the, the plan and everything. And the, the other biggest reason was that I couldn't be on the phone talking to a client and right. and have the ability to pull up a safari website and you know look something up for them or try to help them sure. troubleshoot something because that was my pri- that's my primary phone and i think that, that has since changed i think that that exclusivity is now since expired or something like that but i i think that's one of the uh problems with the uh gs oh no i'm confused which one is verizon cdma um they that it's a limitation of that protocol that you can only when you're talking you can't surf I believe uh, AT and T 
you can surf and uh, mm-hmm. and talk. But I think on Verizon, it's one or the other. I don't think it's well as. As far back as 2014, Verizon enables simultaneous voice and data, but for iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. So it's only been since the 6 and 6 Plus models. So prior to that, if you've got a 5 or a 5S, you you can't. So that's when they must have changed the architecture. Maybe I'll have to try that sometime and see. Uh, Okay, so here's an answer to your question about the SIM card. I'm on Apple's website. And it says, are there differences between the iPhone 7 for AT&T, T-Mobile, Sprint, and Verizon? And it says, iPhone can roam internationally on many GSM carriers around the world. If you buy iPhone with AT&T or T-Mobile, it will not work if you switch to Sprint or Verizon. If you choose Sprint or Verizon, you'll use CDMA. It will work on AT&T or T-Mobile. So you can start out one direction and go the other way, but not you, you can start go, out on AT and T. Correct. You can go huh. from Sprint and Verizon to AT and T and T Mobile, but not vice versa. Interesting. Because it says Sprint and Verizon also has the ability to roam internationally on GSM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think most of the rest of the world, uh, if I remember right, is GSM, and it's just a few other places it's the cdma gsm is more global in most respects than the the cdma so yeah for internationally Mm -hmm. you probably want to get a gsm uh phone if you're going to be traveling right so it sounds like it's all it's built into the phone it's not the sim card it can't be the sim card because i know yeah when i got my when i got my seven i said can i just use my six sim card he goes i will just give you a new one Mm-hmm. I get, yeah, I've heard that too. And for some reason, it's just easier for them to bless it and hand it to you. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. Or or in, in the case of the last couple of iPhone upgrades that I've helped people with, they've just purchased it with a SIM card that's already in the phone. And all we have to do is just activate it. Right. Well, and, you know, we've been talking about phones here, which kind of brings us to Melissa's subject that she brought to the podcast, which was, yeah, do we need a computer anymore? I mean, we're, we're talking about what we do with our phones and how to use our phones. And so you had the question, do, you know, for geeks, you know, w- most geeks, you know, will probably still want their computer just because, you know, it's part of our heritage. But, you know, going forward, do you think, you know, maybe the younger generation and maybe the older people, um, Younger generations getting used to a more mobile lifestyle, and the older generations is kind of like, do I really need all this? So, do you, you know, do you think that we really need computers anymore? So, let me tell you, let me give you a little bit of backstory of why I decided to challenge you guys with this question. So, the question is, what is the one thing that justifies keeping a computer around and keeps you from going completely mobile? Now, we're geeks, and so we like to tinker with stuff, so it's good. we're going to be hard-pressed to think of any reason for us personally to not have a computer to just go completely mobile. Now, I have I have tried to do it because as a consultant, I eat my own dog food, so I try to... I try to live life. I try to simulate what it's like for someone who only has a mobile device. But I, I also try to remain, you know, just like you, Mike. I mean, you like to keep your feet in all these different mm-hmm. camps. Um, I do that too, but with, uh, but with Apple products. So I try to, you know, live just on a on a laptop, or I try to live just with a phone, or just with an iPad, or you know, just with mobile devices and not with a computer. And you know, I've tried it and sliced it and diced it, you know, different ways. But 
I personally keep coming back to the fact that, I mean, come on, I'm the Mac mommy, so I love I love my Mac. I, I can't imagine life. I mean, I know that the Mac just had a birthday. It just turned 33, and I can't imagine my life without a Mac in it because, um, let's see, I, I'd, have to, I'd have to do the math and try to figure out, like, depending on how old I am, have I spent more of my life with a Mac in my life than I have without? Uh, it's getting there. So... So let me tell you a little bit about why I ran into this question. Several times now, I have helped clients who have purged the Mac or they've purged the desktop. You know, I've, I've been to clients where they had a Dell and then they've retired because, you know, that's my demographic. They've since retired. And in their retirement, as they were retiring, they got iPads or they got an iPhone or both. In most cases, it's both. And they get to a point where they're like, I don't need this laptop anymore. You know, they get, you know, on the, on the Windows side of things, they get sick and tired of the babysitting that has to go on and the, the management and the virus and, you know, antivirus and all that kind of stuff. And they get to a point where they're like, I just don't need this in my life anymore. What do I need this for? And then it also has happened, not as much, but it is starting to happen where I'm getting the request to, hey, I don't need this this Mac laptop in my life. You know, they're they're getting to that where they have the 2009s or, you know, where they're starting to drop off and Apple has decided to no longer allow those, those laptops to be upgraded anymore. And so then they're, they're starting to run into issues where they've, they've hung on to the laptop or the desktop, you know, say it's a MacBook pro or an iMac. And it's gotten to be that, that point in life, in the life of the computer where they try to surf the web and they keep getting messages saying that this browser is too old and, you know, well, you've got to upgrade it. Well, you can't, you know, it just gets to be stuck. And so then they, they start asking the question like, well, do I really need a computer? And then another client, you know, said to me the other day, he said, uh, what he pointed to, he had this huge glorious iPad pro and he has this wonderful, you know, it's only like maybe two or three years old MacBook pro. And, his wife had gotten him the iPad thinking, you know, as a gift, thinking that, that she, you know, the kindness of her heart, she was just thinking, oh, he's going to love this. It's this, she saw it as a way for him to simplify. She got sick and tired of him being frustrated, having to pack up all of these dongles and, mm-hmm. and things and, you know, having to pack up a, a computer and a hard drive to back it up and all that kind of stuff. And so she thought she'd simplify life for him by just getting him an iPad Pro. And, you know, it was a nice gesture, it was a nice thought, but he's not in a position where he's comfortable enough to go completely mobile in his life, in his mind, it's still things still make more sense to him using a desktop OS using the Mac OS. And so he asked me the one day, cause he keeps looking at it and, you know, I can tell he's like frustrated with having all these devices and all this, this housekeeping that we need to do with them. But he says to me, he points to the iPad and then he points to the MacBook pro and he says, so what exactly is it that, this computer does that this computer can't do and i said well <laughs> I, you know i had to think about that for a little bit and i'm like well you know right here in mail like we're trying to do i always call it the and i think people have referred to it as, as the truck or i call it the heavy lifter um you know we just had a whole session of cleaning emails out you know and that's something sure you can do it on an ipad pro you can do it on an iphone on a smaller screen but would you want to do it? What you can do and what you should do are two different things. Um, and we just had had a session where we cleaned up a whole bunch of stuff. And it was just so much easier to just do it on the Mac. And here's another scenario that I've run into. So that's, you know, one answer to the question. Well, it's just easier on a desktop OS. It just kind of, for some people, it makes sense because it's what they know. 
For other people, it's just a matter of accessibility. Uh, you can click and drag things. So this is what led, led me down this other path is contacts. Natively, I'm not talking with any kind of third-party app or anything, but natively, if you cut the laptop or let's just say the Mac OS out of your diet and you just stick with iOS, one of the things that you lose is the, and this is, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, please do, because I really want to pick people's brains about this. One of the things that you lose is the ability to manage contacts. Uh, there isn't, you can access your groups that have been set up previously, but you know, what if you, what if you started out with a contacts list and you had no groups, but you wanted groups, you wanted to be able to use like let's just for the sake of simplicity say you wanted a family group and you wanted a friends group and you just wanted to be able to email the whole family like hey i went on this trip here's some pictures or hey i went on this trip here's a link to you know a bunch of stuff or you know here's my my newsletter or, you know something like that uh it makes it really difficult to do that just in ios whereas on the mac you can open up the contacts app you can Click and add groups to your heart's content. You can drag and drop from one panel to the next. You can drag and manage your contacts. You can drag, you know, these seven people and put them in the family group. You can drag these 18 people and put them in the friends group and so on and so forth. You cannot do that easily in iOS. And then the other problem that I ran into was I had several people now where they were coming from a very mixed environment where they had an Outlook account that had a set of contacts in it. They had an iCloud account that they had no idea where that came from. So many people are just clueless about that because Apple kind of conscripts you into setting up iCloud, just walks you through it. But you did it, you know, eight months ago and you don't remember what questions you answered. And so they don't understand why all of a sudden they have two-factor authentication turned on and they don't know where this damn iCloud email address came from. What is that? What the hell is that? What is iCloud? They ask me. And so then they've got iCloud contacts and then they've got, uh, like I said, contacts from, from Outlook. And then there's Yahoo. They might have had a Yahoo email address and then that stored a bunch of contacts. And then there's Gmail. So they may have just, you know, out of desperation or because they were working and now they're retired and they or, you know, they were given an organization, an exchange email account that had that listing of contacts. Well, most of the time it's colleagues that maybe they only contacted for work purposes, but maybe there's a handful of people that they still keep in touch with, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, it's a mixed environment. And then what do you do? And what I usually have people do is try to consolidate to keep things less confusing, consolidate everything, like take all of their, I, their, their contacts and get them from wherever they are into iCloud. And then that way we can shut off all the switches for all the other contact servers because I mean it just adds more problems if well now all of a sudden Yahoo got hacked and now you got to change your password and you got to you know update something well then those contacts got worked you know temporarily or something it just it gets messy you know and so to try to consolidate things well, how are you going to do that you can't just like turn one switch off and there's not a there's not an option that says well we see that you're going to purge these contacts, do you want us to upload them to iCloud for you? That option doesn't exist. It's like, do you want us to delete these contacts off of your phone or keep them? And if you keep them, well, then they're just stored on the hard drive. Then what happens when you upgrade phones or you want to get an, I, an iPad? And you, like I said, you just want to go completely iOS. Then what do you do? How do you get all of that stuff to synchronize? There's not an easy, graceful way 
to do it in just iOS, just with context. And furthermore, I mean, then you've got your groups. Well, then, you know, what if you want to create a new group? What if you want to put the people, say, say now you've finally gotten all of your contacts organized. How the hell are you going to create a new group? Well, you can go in and if you request the desktop version, which here's a tip for you. So let's say you're on an iPad, nice, beautiful, glorious iPad screen, and you've got iCloud.com pulled up in your Safari, but you see that it says, you know, it gives you the option to set up iCloud on your device. And it only gives you a choice between settings and find my iPhone. And I forget what the other thing was. And it doesn't give you like the web, you know, the, the screen where you see all the web apps. If you tap and hold, so a long press on the arrow that recycles the page, that reloads the page, the reload icon, if you tap and hold on that, you'll get an option to request the desktop site. And then that's where you can then log into the iCloud web portal, let's just say. So you get there, right? You go into the contacts web app. From there, you can click the little, you can tap on the little plus sign and you can create a group, but then good luck trying to populate it. There's no way to populate it. There's no click and drag. There's no drop and drag. How do you get the contacts into that group? You know, and the only way that I know to do it is on is on a Mac, is to drag it and, and drop it over there. So I so just did drag and drop. From the at web well, interface? Well, at least on a computer. Well, Maybe that's what I'm saying. How do you do it just in iOS without a computer present? What if I wasn't let there? You, won't let you drag and drop because nope, I was able to drag and drop. From a computer interface, from a desktop on a Mac. But I was not able to drag and drop from an iPad with it loaded in Safari. Yeah, con- it, it is. You're you're absolutely right. It is terrible trying to do anything you with contacts you, on an iPad. Brick wall, and it's like, well, now what do I do? You know. So so for me, now luckily they have me because I'm their Mac mommy. So I come out and I hold their hand and I say, okay, here's what we're gonna do, and I open up iAmazing. So I'd like to plug them. Um, they gave me. I have been a customer of them, and um, you know, just a little disclosure here. They had given me a review license, and I absolutely love it, and I've been using it. Uh, so I boot up iAmazing and connect their phone to my Mac and I just drag, you know, I have done it with iOS where I've like, I think I've exported, I've selected contacts or something. I can't remember how I did. I've somehow exported it. And then I was, because it was a small amount of contacts, it was only like maybe 50 contacts and I was able to export it as a V card and email it to the, to the person and then have her import it that way. But this, this was one of these situations where it was like several different mixed environments. It was like a Yahoo account and an Outlook account and an iCloud account. And they were all like separated and they needed to be all consolidated into one. So I just took her phone. I connected it to my Mac. I opened it up in, you know, I, I launched iMazing. It was quick. It was easy. I was able to click on it and just select from each one of those accounts and export them as a V card and then go to on a Mac on the desktop Safari version on a Mac, open up iCloud, log in with her username and password, auth- you know, authenticate with second factor authentication, all that kind of jazz, and then upload those contacts to her iCloud account. And then we were able to go back in and switch off all the, the other toggle switches for the other accounts because the, 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 the duplicates were driving her nuts because she had all of the groups visible. And to try to explain to someone that you've got to go to contacts and then you've got to go to groups and then you've got to switch off, you've got to uncheck the ones that you don't want to see. But then what if there's ones in there that you do need to see, but it's the duplicates that are driving you crazy. It just, it gets, it gets so messy. 
So the easiest way was just to get them all from three different places into one place, which is iCloud, because let's, you know, use the right tool for the job here. And then she could go and manage duplicates and copy and paste. I mean, that's something that we could do, again, on the Mac in the contacts app and use that for the heavy lifting. We could have gone and merged cards and, you know, had it scanned for duplicates. There's all these beautiful things you can do on the Mac, really super easy. But in iOS, it's a, it's either A, it's a pain in the ass, B, it doesn't just simply doesn't exist, or C, you've got to use a third-party app and either pay extra money for it, and then you're at the mercy of that developer. Or or D, you've got to buy, not only do you have to, because I've seen this happen, you buy a third-party app, and then some of these contact management apps, they, because for lack of a better way or something, they then want you to sign up with an account and then upload all your contacts to their server. Well, then what are the, you know, you got to read another privacy agreement, and that just feels kind of dirty. I feel like I'm selling out my friends. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, what is the solution there? And so that would be one of the things where I am glad to have a Mac so that I can kind of rescue people from those situations. But it frustrates me thinking when my client asks me, so what do I need to keep a computer for anymore? You know, I I see I can do all these things on my iPad and, and just as comfortably so. But yet I still have this this laptop that I hardly ever use anymore because I'm using the iPad more and more often. But then there's those few things like massive amounts of purging of email and contact management are the two biggies for me. I mean, I think that there's there's definitely growing pains and there's definitely an adjustment that needs to happen if you are consciously making a choice when you're going from a desktop operating system to a mobile operating system. You kind of want to have all your ducks in a row and you know, I, I I can visualize what it would take for me to divorce myself from a laptop and get everything that I have into a mobile operating system. I can visualize that. I could do that. I don't want to do that, but I could. If if something happened and this brand new beautiful machine that I just bought burst into flames and I mean I have insurance and everything, but you know, what if I couldn't replace it? Well, I mean, all of the data is accessible to me. I could live on mobile devices alone. My God, you know, first world problems here, like a caveman. Uh, mm. But, you know, I get to this, this, I get stuck when it comes to dealing with clients. And I think to myself, well, damn, they're lucky they have me. What would they do? <laughs> and they ask me sometimes, you know, I'll do something, I'll, I'll fix something for them and or, you know, something that breaks. And, and I, you know, I love my job. I get to do this for a living. And, and it's so, I find so much joy in helping people. But I do have to scratch my head sometimes and think to myself, because they'll say to me, what would I do without you, dear? And I think, uh, yeah, I don't know what you would do without me. I don't want to sound conceited or anything, but what would you do without a me? You know, someone like me who who has the ability to do this kind of stuff. So well, while I've been blabbering on and doing my own little rant, have you guys thought of any one particular thing? If you, if you could, um, you know, switch places with a mere mortal that isn't necessarily a geek or something, is there something that would, mm-hmm. that one thing that would keep you from going completely mobile that you would like, you would just keep an aging dinosaur of a computer around to do what this one thing fill in the blank. What, what would that be? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, it would be, well, I'm an old person and for typing, well, not that old, but I grew up with desktop computers. So, and I've tried on because, you know, my, different tablets and my phones are legendary on this podcast so i've tried them all and just something about on-screen keyboards 
you know, drives me up a wall. I need like a keyboard and a mouse. I, I, I do all this stuff on tablets, but so it's an accessibility thing for you. It is, it is. And like I say, I do it on there, but it's just, it doesn't, it feels strained. And like I say, maybe if I was one of these kids that grew up with this stuff, it'd all be natural. And they would look at me and how can you use that clunky keyboard thing that you got over there but like i say it's it's learned habits so i think the hardest thing for me if to go completely mobile would be the loss of a a keyboard and a mouse and my screen area because even some web pages seemed a little constrained on a tablet and i uh or especially a phone and i like to be able to see the full you know page or not the full page but see more of the page sometimes so i can see what i'm reading or if i'm scrolling back and forth i don't have to go as far to follow you know the the conversation or follow the article i'm reading so i think that would be the biggest thing because otherwise everything else i mean it's not physical media because i've got mp3s i got movies in the cloud so it's not anything like that it's um you know and that's assuming you know i've got everything that i my physical media ripped it on a server you get past that and I buy everything going forwards digitally, you know, that wouldn't be an issue or a problem. Um, You know, I don't do much printing. If I do, it's, well, if I save something, it'll probably be a PDF or something like that. I don't do, I got a printer back there. My wife uses it more for printing out recipes than uh, I do, maybe to print out something to take to the, for tax time. But, so I print out like, you know, maybe twice a year. I don't do a lot of printing. Uh, so most of the other things you you know getting past the stuff that geeks do like ripping DVDs and uh, doing well and I've even tried doing uh, I, I'm not I hesitate to use the word Photoshop I don't do Photoshop not like you know, real photographers do yeah but you're using it as the verb so I get you yeah yeah, yeah. so you know touching up you're digitally photos. manipulating an an image but it's just easier to say Photoshop yeah it is <laughs> and for me it's more like, like you're xeroxing something yeah so for me it's more like touching up lightning darkening something like that rather than like you know image manipulation um, taking out and there are mobile apps where you can take out that you know uh, stupid tree that was in your photo that you want out of there or whatever there is I think there is some mobile apps. I believe that will do that. Uh, oh so, yeah, I got a whole page of them. <laughs> okay, so you know that, um, like I say, so for me the biggest. But you'd thing, rather do it on a desktop operating system. Yeah, some of that stuff certainly. Yeah, and like I say, it's just the screen size and the keyboard and the mouse. That's the big thing uh, that holds me back. How about you, Lisa? Other than the obvious geeky stuff, like you mentioned, like when I record Three Geeky Ladies, just using the computer to do my editing, for me, it would be my genealogy. Uh-huh. Because, because I have, the way I do it is I have Mac Family Tree as the program I use to store all the information. I use the web, web browsers to go into Ancestry to do the research. And when I find something either there, I mean, I found things on Facebook, LinkedIn, and I will download either the pictures. Oops. Sorry. I don't know. For some reason, Siri heard me. <laughs> doesn't doesn't listen to me when I specifically ask. Right, but now she chimes uh, yeah. in. Somehow she heard me. Anyway, oh, um, I will download things that I find as either a JPEG or a PDF, so which means I open up Preview because mm-hmm. then I have to crop whatever I find and rename it, and then drag it into that person's page on the genealogy. And mm-hmm. while I do have Ancestry on my iPad. And I do have Mac Family Tree on my iPad. I can't really use them in conjunction. Mm-hmm. Whereas it on my fit your workflow. Whereas you know, I, 
it's just so much easier on the computer. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I've got all the screens open and I just save things to my desktop and then I can go into Mac Family Tree and it will, it will um, you know, open up the dialog box and I can just scroll, find it, drag it in, boom, done. So both of you described what sounds to me like accessibility and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's not that you cannot do it. It's, you know, not even that you don't want to do it. You may have wanted to try it, but it just don't work out for you because it is, like you said, just so much easier to do it on the desktop operating system. There's something about the accessibility and the, the, the user interface that just is so much more easier to work with. So, in, in those cases, it's like the future just isn't here yet. Some, somebody has not ironed out the iOS uh, interface enough to the point where you could say goodbye to the desktop interface. You know? I mean, I think for the three of us, I think w- if we were the kind of people that we did a little bit of email, we did a little web browsing, we just wanted to see maybe what was on the news or, you know, mm-hmm. check our Facebook page or whatever, maybe listen to a little music, watch Netflix iPad is fine. Mm-hmm. Right. And but that's about we half my demographic. Do, yeah. And if we want to do anything more than that, mm-hmm. you need a computer. Right. And that's that's why it just it does bug me a little bit when there are people who it's like they've been potty trained to believe that they they must have a laptop. They must have something that runs a desktop operating system to do those three things. <laughs> you know, and it, and it has to be a Mac too. And I think, oh my God, get a Chromebook. <laughs> you know, and then I think, oh my God, just get an iPad or just get a Kindle. But you know, Kindle one Fire. of my, um, Suze Gilbert, who's one of my co-hosts on Three Geeky Ladies, the mm-hmm. only time she turns on her iMac is when we're recording. Oh, wow. She's okay. a photographer and a graphic artist and she does everything on her iPad. That's amazing. That's, She's that's got really the, uh, the nine, was it the 9.7 Pro? Uh-huh. iPad Pro with the pencil. And as we're recording, she'll be doodling or she'll oh. make up the show graphic as we're doing. And she does a fabulous job, but she has a ton of different apps. I mean, she said she always uses Snapseed. Uh-huh. And whatever she's doing, Snapseed is, fits in there somewhere. But depending on, is it a photo that she's manipulating? Is it a graphic that she's designing for the show art? Or is it a graphic that she's doing for some other reason? She said she might open five or six different apps to get the look that she is oh, I'm looking, sure. that yeah, she wants. I, yep, I dabble where, in graphics. I where I, where I, just take, I just take a picture and boom, I'm done. I, don't do, <laughs> I might crop it, but I don't do anything. And I've got all the apps. I just, I just don't. I'm just too lazy. But she does everything. And if she turns on the iMac, it's because she's getting ready to record. Huh, and then she only uses it for recording. Mm-hmm. And for Skype. I wonder and if it's well, just a security blanket for her because she could record from the iPad. She has. Um, when she had a problem with the iMac, but it's not as, it's not, doesn't sound as good. Mm-hmm. Well, and I wonder know. if she has the right hardware for it and everything. I mean, that's a whole other topic, but it, yeah, you know, oh, it's, she does. Just, it's, it's, it's just interesting. It's a more recent, more recent iMac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so it, then that sounds like more of a, sorry, Mac, that, that sounds more yeah. of like a software hardware combination limitation, which is the next thing that I wanted to, to go to was, you know, it sounds like we've all got our sort of, uh, not necessarily a hang-up, but but our limitations as far as like you know what we are willing to sacrifice to be comfortable and to be ha- happy. And I always tell people if you're not happy, then you need to stop doing that and do something else. It you know the whole point of this is supposed to bring you joy and efficiency in your computing life. The the technology is supposed to work for you, not the other way around. If you're doing grunt work if, if you're not happy and you're you're not finding joy in the work that you're doing and it feels more like a chore 
then it's not the right tool for the job and you need to you know find right. something that does that for you and so that's why I say I, I would I would label it as more of an accessibility and lifestyle issue versus a software limitation or incompatibility as far as hardware is concerned because then there are people out there who do have that issue and I know lots of people I, I think that this way is probably dying off but I know there were there were lots of people who were hanging on for dear life to um, what is it now quicken or oh. you know one of the the bookkeeping mm-hmm. app the bookkeeping software I can't even really necessarily say it's an app for, per se but software they were hanging on to that software and they were even going so far as to spend, you know, purchase the Windows operating system, install it on their Mac or run it in VMware or something. But this, this, they still, let's just say, let's just say that that software costs 60 bucks. I don't know what it costs, but I'm guessing. Let's say it costs 60 bucks. And then you're going to spend another 200 and whatever dollars it, it costs for a Windows license to run a $60 piece of software and for why? Because there's nothing out there that suits your needs, that fits your workflow, other than this piece of software. And, like, you know, it's not even supported like it should be. So I, I do, I have run into people like that where, and that's just one example. But I know people who are still running Snow Leopard all because they can't upgrade because this one particular piece of software will only run in that version. And the developers of the software just, I don't know if they just like left the planet or what, but it's not being updated or there's something in it that prevents it from working on later versions of the operating system. And that is such a travesty to me. I, I feel bad for people like that. It just seems like they're not getting, they're stuck in that in that holding pattern. It just kind of makes me sad. So, well, yeah. but to each his own. And I've I've tried you know doing things on the app and it uh, for me sometimes the share menu maybe if I used it all the time but trying to get stuff from one app to the other bugs me sometimes but yeah uh, there's a little bit of a cha cha that you have to yeah, do yeah there is and you know, on a desktop you can just drag it over and you've got it right. there or save it you know. well and that and, takes me back to contacts you can't right. just drag it over why right. is that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and saving stuff, and I always, and I don't know, maybe there wouldn't be enough of a market, but for people who have only, you know, mobile devices being like, you know, tablets uh, and phones, I always wonder why somebody hasn't built a charging station that would do an automatic backup of your device every time you plug it in. With uh, you know, you could have SSD uh, storage in there because that's getting cheap enough now and fast enough. So you know, uh, so you wouldn't have to necessarily have a computer to back it up or restore it if you needed it, and you wouldn't have to try and download it from like especially pictures and music. Download it from the cloud. Um, I'm surprised somebody hasn't made a, a device like that that would just you know, like I say, plug it in, charge it up, and it'd do an automatic backup for you. Um, well, I mean, to my my iPhone and my iPad to to the most extent do that i mean i've stopped syncing it to my laptop to my mac for you know a while well, but, now probably a year or two you're using the cloud though yeah i'm using oh. everything in the cloud are, are right. you saying like if if you a didn't want device. to be in the cloud or, yes and i don't i'm trying to divorce myself from the physical devices is the problem when it comes to that the right. data i'm trying like i do i would like i like to keep at least one copy maybe i mean i'm a i'm a squirrel let me let me just say that i stick my nuts in a whole bunch of different trees just because i can because i want to and because i like to i like to try it all out we're nerds we're, we're geeks we, we like to tinker but for i try to break it down as, as simple as it can be 
yeah, it's it's good to have a physical hard drive or storage device that you can store all of your, you know, your wedding pictures, your baby photos and things like that. But I've learned over the years of just working with people and and watching catastrophes happen of people who solely rely on that because they're either afraid of the cloud or they don't understand the cloud and they refuse to put their stuff in the cloud. And so they will only use physical devices and they'll they'll only have one. (laughs) And then the cat knocks it over and then there it goes 15 gigabytes of your wedding and baby photos. And it's just I don't like to see people cry. So, you know, I just I like to simplify it a little bit more and I would like to get off of having to deal with physical drives because a while ago I bought a bunch of drives and I don't have a Drobo but I have you know something where I've got several different drives that I rotate you know I'll do a backup and then I'll take it out of the house and I'll take it over to my in-laws and I'll store it over there and then I'll swap the drives out they're all named for Sesame Street monsters so I can keep track of them all I mean there's just this whole like convoluted workflow that I have that I've gotten sick of and damn it I'd rather just use the cloud and just be done with it and not have to think about it. You know, and the thing about the cloud is it takes time to upload it, and then if you get a new device, it, it takes time to download it. So, like I so said, I'm thinking a physical device, and there's no reason why it couldn't hook up to the cloud. So, um, right, like a transporter, which is, I guess, right. have, has gone kaput, which is kind of sad. So, right. yeah, I'd but like so, to have something like that. Something like that, you plug it in, it would back it up to the cloud because right. I, I believe in physical backup and on cloud offsite backup, mm-hmm. multiple backup. Right. So, right. you know, so if you know, the cloud goes down or gets hacked or mm-hmm. something. You got your physical copy. Uh, so yeah, I like my say, physical cloud copy and then uh, three other clouds. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and that's basically what I do with my pictures. But, uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to hear what, you know, other people think. You know, would you be able to go, you know, mobile, you know, mobile being tablets and phones? Because I've got my Surface tablet, which, you know, straddles that line between computer and, and tablet. You know, a hybrid, I guess you could call it. Um, but you know, would you be able to? Would the listeners be able to go strictly uh, tablet and phone and ditch their computer? You know, send your uh, comments in and you know, let us know what you would think. But uh, I think it's time we move on to our you know our next segment here, which is the what would we buy segment, um, which you know is always interesting. And I think I'll start with. Uh, um, Melissa, because since she seems to want to dump the computer, are you really going to need what you picked? Uh, right. That's a great question. You could just sit back in your easy chair. But uh, no, go ahead and tell us what your, your pick is. Well, so that's interesting. So when my kids were, were you know really little and I was you know a newly minted mother, I was very much a digital nomad. I was very mobile. I didn't, you know, I, I would take my laptop and put it on like a, you know, nightstand or some other table. And I learned how to type one handed while I was nursing the kids. And then when the iPhone came along, that made things easier. And so I did for the longest time, I really did kind of uh, wean myself off of a desktop. And I didn't even use the laptop as much except for work when I would take it out to house calls. And then I started finding that I really wasn't even using it that much because more and more people just had iOS questions. So being a digital nomad, you know, I would just have my laptop with my rocking chair or something. And now that the kids are bigger and I'm kind of transitioning in life again a little bit and starting to do more podcasting and design work and and things that are involving a workstation. So I've recently set up a workstation. So I'm back to where I was. Now I have a brand new laptop that I have hooked up to a big monitor and I'm sitting at a desk and I'm finding myself in pain (laughs) a lot because I'm I'm not set up correctly. I don't have the best chair. I do have an office chair, but this desk is really high and I'm vertically challenged. So what I picked was 
It's called the uh, Steelcase Think 3D. It's a mesh fabric chair, and I picked the scarlet color because it's just pretty. comes in at $843, so it meets our uh, goal of between $750 to $850 is what Kevin... That was like the last thing he was able to do before he said, I'm out, folks. <laughs> he gave us a limit, and that's what it was, so it fits nicely right in between there. And uh, I encourage you to check out the link that will be in the show notes. If nothing for, I mean, this is a dream fantasy kind of thing. I'm not going to spend $850 on a chair. There's other things I'd rather spend money on. But if, if you do nothing else, go to the link and watch the video for the product because it gives you an education on ergonomics and how you should properly be seated. And it kind of goes through the motions of what features are in this chair and how it has I mean, the arm pads move independently. They angle, they go up, they go down, they go side to side. There's even a lumbar support that goes, it slides up the back and you can put it just where you need it, you know, in addition to tilt and height and just, it's just, wow. It's like chair porn. It's awesome. <laughs> well, Kevin's it. got snow porn, you got chair porn. Um, yeah. And, you know, like, yeah, before I started gaming, because I got myself a nice, comfortable chair I recline in over here, and I was spending a lot of time at the computer. Yeah, I think we've all gone through that, where you need a decent, comfortable chair for sitting here in front of the computer, you know, digitally manipulating your life or whatever you're doing. So um, a, a good chair will make a lot of difference in a person's life. So, um, so Alisa, we'll uh, transition to you, and uh, I think uh, you're, it looks like you want to go mobile here with your... With your mm-hmm. pick. Well, this is, and I'll be honest, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do any research. <laughs> so I saw this and said, okay, this is kind of cool. My car is 13 and a half years old, so it doesn't oh, have anything. Too. It doesn't have Bluetooth. It doesn't have an audio uh, auxiliary port. It doesn't have a DVD player. It doesn't have um, navigation system, GPS. It's got nothing. I mean, I've got a CD player, and that's about it. Mine so, has a tape deck, and, the, and there's a damn tape stuck in it for 13, <laughs> no, 11, probably about 11 years. <laughs> so what I'm looking at is called the Kenwood DNX773S in-2DIN, 6.95-inch touchscreen DVD receiver with navigation system, built-in HD radio, Apple CarPlay, and Android Audio compatible for $778 on Amazon. So I guess what I'd have to do if I did buy this is bring it somewhere to have it installed. I don't know if I have to bring it to like a a Best Buy kind of a place or if the Honda dealership, I'm not sure. But putting this in my car, I would have be able to use CarPlay with my iPhone. I'd have GPS again, or I'd have GPS, period. That's upgrade for your car. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It gives you Spotify, um, Sirius XM, the ability. I have to pay for it, obviously. <laughs> you put it in your but car you, and then it'd be like, all right. It's time for the head to crack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, because our the Equinox that we have, it's got you know some of this stuff. It's got I can hook my phone up to Bluetooth. I can do some of this. Well, it was in the shop for a, a weekend or for a few days uh, this fall, and so they loaned us a 
brand new Chevy Traverse, which is the bigger version of the Equinox, mm-hmm. and it had the in-dash thing with the screen and all that stuff. And I almost didn't want to take it back, but I also didn't want to pay for it. But you know, I was going to say, I thought you said you were going to say I almost crashed it because I was looking at the in-dash. Well, it's so pretty. That too, because and like I said, and you know, for the people who wonder, go back and listen to the episode where the the love goo originated. I know. I was hoping you were going to bring this up. Yeah, because that's how it came to be. Because the one in our Equinox has got this truncated uh, screen, which doesn't put the full thing out there. This one was color. It was touch. You know, it could put art graphics up there. It was really neat. And like I say, something like no, that. It had no love goo. Yeah. So yeah, you know, if we would have had the proper thing. People wouldn't have to be suffering through our our love goo here. So the first thing when I pulled this page up after Elisa posted the link and I looked at it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is where love goo was born." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's or it would have not been born if I would have had something like this. Right. So. Um, and uh, we'll go to uh, my pick here, which I'm I'm starting to follow a theme here uh, because two weeks ago I took our uh, the money that we had remodeled our basement. Last week, I picked a uh, 60-inch TV to put down there. And now, this week, I have the... Uh, um, where's my stupid link at here? In, uh, in your dream remodel. In my dream remodel, yeah. this The one that you know, doesn't With involve... With your dream garage out back. Yeah, the one that doesn't involve bankruptcy. Um so this week, and I decided, your, what was the, what was that thing that you could sleep in with the Badgers? <laughs> a tent. Uh, what was that? There was like Sleep Man, or was that Kevin? Oh, oh, that, oh that was Kevin. Three thousand. That was Kevin. Re- yeah. Relaxatron or whatever. But, it was. Yeah. but you need that for your dream remodel. You need oh, that for my. your dream den. Or live <laughs> in it when the house gets foreclosed. But uh, so, like, say, following place that, for the Badgers. Yeah, there you go. So, following that that theme, I decided I needed a uh, theater sound system downstairs. So I went with the the Bose Sound Touch uh, 120 home theater system. I better put this link in there so Kevin knows what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, um, I want to see what it looks. Like. Um, so good sound. Yeah, and it's um, it's uh, Bluetooth. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to talk and paste at the same time. Don't uh, don't eat the paste, Mike. Uh, don't yeah. eat the paste. No, I knew somebody that did that. Um, I did too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's a uh, Bluetooth. Uh, it's got a sub. It's got a sound bar. Oh crap! I'll do it after. Just the sound it. bar. Does it have anything else? To no, it? it's got. Okay, it's got a sound bar, a subwoofer, uh, a remote control, and. Um, it's got uh, uh, HDMI switch to it so that you can um, um, you can um, the sound will come through the HDMI there we go yes and like and it's got four ports so you can have cable and you can have your uh, um, different components different components to it yeah um, I was going to try and drop this into here we go try and drop this into Skype so you guys can see it at least but um, and it's it's a nice little so, uh, set up there it's not like a because I've got a, a cheap five speaker system that I had bought um, and I've got down here in my basement it, you know it's cheap it's not um, it was like under a hundred bucks and you got to run wires and everything but this is a sound bar I don't know I didn't look to see if the uh, um, if the uh, what makes woofer, it a 
touch. Why, why is it called the sound touch? Is it got a touch display on it or something? No, it's got, okay, I dropped, finally dropped a link in there so you guys can see what I'm babbling. Yeah, about. I'm looking yeah. at the back. Yeah, that of helps. It. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so it's got the Blu ray, uh, DVD, game, auxiliary, TV. And it's got a remote so you can switch back and forth to it. And like I say, all you got for your uh, components is a sound bar and a subwoofer. Um, but it's got a five-speaker system, so there's like three facing front and one facing each direction, so you get some sort of directionality out of it. And, you know, Bose has a reputation. Some people might, you know, argue with uh, whether you're paying too much for a Bose product, but... Uh, I want a lot of red by this. This looks pretty uh, good speaker porn. Yeah, and um, it's, um, like I say, it's a compact system, so you don't have to run wires all over. Um, like I say, I didn't see, uh, oh yeah, the wireless uh, uh, subwoofer module. So yeah, you can set this up, you don't have to have wires. Because that was one problem. I had this system set up upstairs, and I had to run wires from the front of the living room, underneath, uh, through the basement, and bring it back up for the speakers and back, and you had the head mm-hmm. cables all over the place, and that gets to be a problem, but just something, because I mean, if I'm going to remodel the basement, I'm going to have a big TV down there, I might as well have good sound, and I think this is only uh, a 15-inch uh, speaker there, so it doesn't take up a lot of room, it's not uh, the main system. Um, and then with the, the sound touch, it says wirelessly play millions of songs from music services like Spotify and Pandora, internet radio stations, oh. and your own music library. Control it all with a free app and keep your favorites a touch away with six presets. So That's what makes it so touchable. Touch, touchable, yes. Okay, so you can, um, you can just play through the app. You can play music through there. So you don't have to uh, hook up Bluetooth, which gets to be a little annoying sometimes to set it up and bluetooth i like it but it gets a little finicky once in a while but um so that's my pick for this week but um you know that kind of that that brings us to the end of our uh, episode here now we'll do a an outro and let everyone know where you know they can find us if they you know want to find out more about us so why don't we start with the uh, last person in and uh, melissa why don't you tell people <laughs> where you can be found I can be found if you want to give me some tips on how the hell you manage contacts. Just in iOS, <laughs> you can contact me at the Mac Mommy. You can find me on Twitter, T H E M A C M O M M Y, all one word, no spaces. Okay, and Elisa, where can people find out more about you? On Twitter, it's at Sensei Dai, or you can check out the podcast I do with Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes, which is 3geekyladies.com, number three spelled out. And if you want to find out more about me, uh, you can find me at DSC Chipman, and I have my about.me page at about.me slash Mike McPeak, and the other podcast I do, Sci-Fi Tech Talk, at scifitechtalk.com, uh, where we talk about uh, science fiction and tech, and we just look at different uh, the tech and different science fiction shows. Um, and, you know, we hope Kevin gets better. He'll be back next week. He can ride herd over us and kind of keep things under control. Um, But, uh, you know, until next week, don't forget to hug a geek. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchard, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.